welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. I'm back in the podcast booth and I've got JB with me. How are you, champion? Oh, trying to get through this carnage, Cheezo. There's carnage everywhere. Carnage? What carnage? Oh, wait. No, that was a couple of weeks ago. No, no, we're good this week. No, it looks good. Good to be so, here. So basically the teams couldn't have been any better, except, you know, maybe one or two things going our way. I mean, if you've got Whitfield, then you're probably upset. But if you don't, then you're probably ecstatic with the teams right now. <laughs> I'm a bit on that side of things. Hey, so it's been a little while since I've been on the podcast, Jabby. I haven't heard your voice in quite some time, so it does make me feel a little bit uh, better to hear your voice. You'll also be pleased to know, mate, that I've closed my window finally, so you shouldn't hear the curlews going crazy in the background. Well, you'll be pleased to know that it's currently bucketing down with rain in Adelaide, so you might hear the rain in the background. I thought that was just moisture from hearing our voices again. Well, it's a bit of that. <laughs> we also discovered that Pistol suffers from multiple personality disorder. <laughs> I'll let you explain this. Well, obviously, we've had many of the community saying that Mike needs to be placed in AA. And, you know, of course, I mean the All-Australian squad because Mike seems to be his only personality that's good at Supercoach. Yeah, I mean, Mike did drop past uh, about a week ago for a, a good eight-second brief little hello on the <laughs> podcast. I don't think it's Pistol, though. It's, it's actually a third person. Well... That's the whole point of the multiple personality disorder because since ah. Mike has arrived, Pistol is now inside the top 1K for the first time in 2019. Is there a coincidence there? I think maybe, not. Maybe Mike got a hold of his uh, Supercoach password there and helped him out a bit. Imagine if he's just like taken over his life completely, like Pistol becomes less and less and we get more and more of Mike. I mean, I'm not complaining, so... <laughs> Obviously, great to uh, finally have you guys uh, in the top 1K with me there, JB. That's a really nice feeling. No, I'm not in the top 1K yet. (laughs) (laughs) A little backhand compliment. No, but uh, we're all having a a fantastic year this year. So um, I should probably also announce, JB, that last week in much uh, beverages, I ended up bringing in Josh Kelly somehow. (laughs) which might be the first time in existence has ever been someone banking an upgrade because if he's back this week and I get to double downgrade, it's probably a good move. Yeah. I mean, you could have a POD Josh Kelly because I'm not sure how many people will touch him <laughs> after that injury. But, hey, it could work out for you in the long run. But, yeah, I mean, week one was not, not a good look. <laughs> well, okay. So, usually for me, donate for dumb things is $100. But I want to double down, JB. If Josh Ooh. Kelly is a late out, then oh, no. I'll go 200 but oh, if no. he is in this week and he's not a laid out, then I say that that's just the most genius move that's ever been conceived. I'll pay it. 100% I'll pay it. Okay. All right. Double down. I'm happy with that. You're always double down on 11. Uh, that's just the the, ne- <laughs> the only thing you need to know in life. Um, I suppose the uh, the only other thing, JB, is I went to watch the, uh, the Lions and Swans game and I couldn't tell you one single thing about it because I don't remember it. Again, I would like to say <laughs> drink responsibly. Unless you're saying... <laughs> because you were wearing a blindfold at the time of the game because it was that bad of a game. Look, uh, I was running away from the rain uh, quite a lot of the time, but, uh, man, it's so good to see everything live. Like, um, uh, people take for granted being able to go down and see the football, and you've got me so far up at the northern tip of Australia that I get to see one game a year. It just it makes you appreciate when you you get to see the skills in action. It's, uh, uh, it was also better to see the Lions get over the Swans because uh, for some reason, every time I go to see a game, I end up watching the Swans versus someone. 
I'll have to get you down in Adelaide because Adelaide Oval is just a completely different atmosphere. I'm not sure what sort of atmosphere is, is up at the Gabba or down at Metricon, but I doubt it's a, as good as 50,000 screaming Adelaide fans. So I have to get you down for a game here one day. Look, there was definitely 15 of us screaming uh, on <laughs> on the game. <laughs> Just in our little party, mate. It was good. Uh, we made Kiss Cam, made it on TV. It was great. Uh, we'll jump into some housekeeping. We do have some patrons that need their shout-out. Uh, Greg Hamilton, Hamo, straight into the Slack, onto our uh, our Patreon this week. Great to have you in, Hamo. And uh, Matt Orvis, uh, great to have you in there as well. So we're getting really, really close to that, uh, that 100 mark there, JB. You've almost won the bet that uh, we'd have 100 people as part of the community before the end of 2019. How good is it? How good is our community? And uh, it's just astounding to see them all flying as well. Half of them are ranked above me and I'm 1.4K. So um, (laughs) I see a lot of the the people post their rank straight after lockout and makes me feel a little bit bad about myself, but we're all flying. Yeah, don't worry, Timmy. We'll get you back up into the number one position in the next couple of weeks. Uh, So that's something to look forward to. Uh, We'll jump into the team lists here, JB. We've got uh, a lot of things, uh, well, not a lot of things to talk about, a few ins and outs that are relevant, but it couldn't have gone too much better. I'll kick it off with my boys against the Swans on Friday night, the SCG. Uh, Harry Cunningham is coming out for Colin O'Royden. And on the Dons, we have Fantasia, or Fantasia, I I, I still find myself pronouncing that wrong, Um, David Myers, Braden Ham, and Zach Clark. JB, when I saw Clark on there, I thought Dill Clark was finally getting a run in 2019. Uh, out is Joe Danaher, who's been managed. Kyle Langford has been omitted, along with Jordan Ridley and Mark Bagley. JB, that takes us through the first game. Yeah, so the two talking points on this one, Braden Ham gets his second game for the year, uh, just the score of 44 in that first one, so potential bubble boy next week, depending on how he goes. Obviously, job security might be a bit of an issue there. And then Zach Clark coming in uh, for another game as well. That That's his third, I believe. So uh, for those who started the season with him, and I was astounded, Cheesy. You told me there was more people with Clark than there, there were with Riley O'Brien, and I called you wrong to your face. But there are about <laughs> 5% more coaches with Clark than have O'Brien. So uh, those people will at least see their first price rise this week. Yeah, and you know, it's not the first, it's not the last time that you're going to call me wrong to my face, and I welcome it every time that you do <laughs> well, so. Well, you were right this time, so <laughs> joke's on me. Two times out of three times, it works every time. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> Take us through the next one, JB. What's the changes got- for the Bulldogs and the Lions? <laughs> We've got the Western Bulldogs against Brisbane. So for Bulldogs, out goes, uh, sorry, in comes Matty Suckling and out goes uh, Dixon. And then Brisbane, we've got Andrews and Zach Bailey returning for Josh Walker and Louis Taylor. Now, the big news on this one is Answorth. Uh, the concerns with him were his job security issues with Zach Bailey playing uh, the same role, essentially. Uh, almost the same player. They, they actually do look alike a little bit. Um, but him coming in, Bailey coming in, and Answorth holding his spot is great news for those who are jumping on the bubble boy. Yeah, and it, it kind of... We've said it for a few weeks that Zach Bailey was going to be the one that probably forced Noah Answorth out. So the fact that he's come in and he's... Uh, yes, he's named Larch on, last on the interchange, but we all know that doesn't really matter at all um, in this day and age. Um, it is great to see that he is there. The fact that he's always been a contested player, even in his junior years, Answorth, um, more of a uh, kind of a defender that moved into the midfield in the second half um, of last year, um, definitely played that 
that contested type of game, which is going to hold him in good stead. We saw his first two weeks, um, he's playing that kind of uh, contested ball when he is around and he doesn't, um, you know, he likes the contact and things like that. So that, that's always the kind of rookie that I like to jump on because it means they don't rely on their teammates to get them the ball. They're happy to go and get, them, get it themselves. So um, that always um, makes me happy to jump on him. And I think I will be this week, JB. Yeah, and uh, as well with Answorth, got a bit of time up on the wing as well, so uh, that's even better for his role if he can go half-back and then also float onto the wing a little bit to give uh, someone a, a, a bit of a reprieve on there for you know, a good 5-10 minutes. So uh, yeah, his scoring potential looks good, uh, good enough to either loop onto your field or even start depending on who you've got on the bench, and yeah, I'm locking him away this week as well. Sure, agreed. Uh, next game at the MCG, Carlton versus Collingwood. We've got Matty Cruiser, Will Setterfield, and Mitch McGovern coming in for Lockie O'Brien, Andrew Phillips, and Liam Jones. Um, sickening head clash for, for poor Liam Jones there, JB. Mm-hmm. Um, on the uh, Collingwood side of things, we've got Rupert uh, Wills, Chris Mayne coming in for Dane Beams and Taylor Adams. Uh, two of their gun midfielders. Do you think that's going to make too much of a difference in this one? Um, against Carlton, I, I tend to say no, but what it does do is uh, sort of lessen that blow that, that Carlton midfielders have to deal with. So Paddy Cripps, I was a little concerned, uh, well, not with Paddy Cripps, more so with uh, Sam Walsh having to deal with the uh, the big Collingwood midfielders that tend to sort of hold down the opposition just with their sheer, I mean, talent they've got in there. So with Adams and Beams out, maybe Walsh scores a few more points than what we expected this week. Um, big to see Setterfield return as well for those who held him through that suspension and, and through him not being named last week. And Wills as well uh, in this 166k midfielder for Collingwood. So uh, could be an option in a couple of weeks, but I mean, he's, he's replacing pretty much directly either Dane Beams or Taylor Adams. And I think Chris Maynes ahead of him. So probably going to go out when one of those return. Yeah, I appreciate that. And Will Setterfield coming in at the perfect time on the week that I can't use him as a loophole. So he's back in to generate <laughs> some cash, JB. So uh, I'm certainly happy about that. Uh, the next one at Metricon Stadium, the Suns and Melbourne. A few changes on either side. Uh, yeah, and sorry, just lastly as well, uh, Cruiser coming in. Uh, so those thinking of uh, vice-captain in Grundy against uh, makeshift Ruckman of either Phillips or... Lobby or whoever the hell was there for Carlton uh, now has Cruiser to contest against, so that it's might not, affect your vice captaincy. It's not going to make any difference. The bloke's got no knees. I mean, he dominated a couple of weeks ago, but you never know. The only My- worry you've got to have with Cruiser is whether he gets a sneaky cheap shot in with his crutches on Brody Grundy at a, at a ruck stop. <laughs> well, the thing is, in three hours, uh, three hours time after this game starts, you've got the next guy uh, with your VC starting, or with your, with your potential VC, and you might want to go with Gorn against Gold Coast, so that's the, the talking point. But anyway, Gold Coast, in comes Pierce Hanley, Lockie Weller, uh, Sean Lemons, and Jack Lukosius comes back in after a one-week reprieve and the twos. And then we've got Joyce, Holland-Smith, uh, Fiorini with a knee injury, and Aaron Young with a knee injury going out as well. In for Melbourne is Jack Viney, and out goes Neil Bullen. So not a lot on this one. JB, I'd just like you to put your hands together for me. Uh, we're just going to do a quick pray to the Supercoach gods. Yep, back uh, together. We, we pray that Clayton Oliver can actually have a decent game. How many times does he have to get 37,000 touches and go at either 40% disposal efficiency or give away 18 frees? It's, uh, can he crack the ton for once in his life, JB? Amen. Yep, that, amen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest concern with this game, though, isn't it? Uh, a lot of people thinking of him with the, the vice-captaincy option. 
think you're best putting it on Gorn, but we will talk more about that later. Uh, so next up, we've got St. Kilda versus West Coast. Uh, yeah, so uh, only a couple changes. We've got Nathan Brown. This is, uh, we will touch on this in a second. Brown, Dunstan, and Ed Phillips coming in. For Joyce, who's been omitted a lot um, of coaches were interested in him. Uh, Hunter Clark omitted and Jonathan Marsh omitted, um, which interestingly, they played John O. Marsh up forward. So um, with Brown coming in, it obviously is going to leave Joyce as a uh, potential downgrade option in coming weeks even if he ends up being, you know, like a D8 or something like that, he's certainly going to be helping you um, as a, a, you know, banking some cash as we do these upgrade, downgrade scenarios. Um, on the West Coast side of things, we've also got Jake Waterman coming in and Chris Marston omitted JB. Yeah, so not a lot of relevance in this one. Um, if you were going to go Joyce or Marsh, then you pretty much just can't. And yeah, that's that's about it. So a couple couple of options cut down. Joyce would have been on the bubble this week, so don't know how many people were really considering him, but I think we can safely rule him out now. Yeah, Rowan Marshall for 120, JB calling it. Yeah, it could do. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, so I'm opting not to trade him in this week when I can. So uh, I might might get bit on, bit on the uh, bum a bit there. I just feel like there's more you know, verified options that we can pick. We've got... I'm hearing a lot of chatter that, like, uh, he's been... Um, you know, he's going to be a, a season-long keeper because of all the games that he's gone 110-plus in a row, you know, four out of five, I think, um, uh, he's been going at. But I just feel like this, this I, don't, I don't know, it's almost like my subconscious telling me to get the guarantees before we start chasing breakouts. Does that make sense? Because, like, he's already at a price that you're paying for the rest of the season. All he needs is longer to come in for one week and, you know, his, his job security... Um, can change on any given week. But um, I just feel like I'm gravitating towards the likes of Boke and Tim Kelly before I'll jump on a Rowan Marshall. Oh, yeah, those two for sure. And like you said, they're the guarantees and they're the ones that you you sort of fight to get in straight away, especially as Boke and Tim Kelly's ownership goes up. They'll definitely hurt you uh, when they score big scores. But Rowan Marshall's ownership probably won't go higher than 15% this whole year. So when he puts together a good score, it's not really going to burn you on the other side. And I'd be saving him for my last upgrade in the forward line. Sure. And Matty Parker with a break-even of only 12. Uh, A lot of people advocating with uh, Josh Corbett to come in uh, to bank that cash. With potentially 20 grand that he can make this week, would you be looking to move on another forward? Um, Say you had like a a Petrocelli or maybe even a Setterfield, or would you uh, just be looking to cash in Parker at the moment? He's made enough money for us to cash him in. No, I'd be definitely looking towards Petrocelli this week. He's the the one guy that if you do have, then you pretty much cash out this week or you're going to be losing money for probably two weeks after. So uh, Petrocelli's the man. Uh, I mean, it, look, if you've got no other options to go down to Corbett and he's you're reliant on that money right now for you know whatever reason, you're making a double upgrade next week maybe, and you know it's it's him, it's Parker or no one, then. It's not the worst thing. You're going to be losing 20 grand, but I'd rather get that double upgrade secured next week. So it should be fine. Awesome, mate. Take us through the best game of the year, the showdown. Well, it might not be this week because as we see with Port Adelaide's ins and outs, we've got a lot on the outs and, well, obviously a lot on the ins, but uh, in comes Matt Broadbent for his first game in about four and a half years. <laughs> it's probably, it's, it's more like two years, but uh, Broadie comes back. Motlop comes into the side, as with Aiden Johnson and Kane Farrell. Uh, Bonner goes out. Butters has his first, uh, I wouldn't say this is a rest. This is more of a 
go find some form in the seconds of the year. And then Ollie Wines with that fractured ankle that he somehow played on last week and Brad Ebert with that concussion go out. In for Adelaide is Luke Brown with Bryce Gibbs going... Bryce Gibbs? I'm not sure about that one. You've, Bryce got, the, you've Gibbs. got the Gibbs. <laughs> yeah, I've got the Gibbs, yeah. Bryce Gibbs going out with a back injury. So um, I wouldn't say that back injury was sustained by bending down and picking up the footy because he has <laughs> actually done that a lot in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can't uh, really fault you on that one. Uh, talk to me about Zach Butters. You're, you're saying that it's uh, it's definitely an omission to go find some form just because he's not been um, you know, really up to the standard of AFL in few, the last few weeks. Yeah, so his form's been down. He's had two out of his last three weeks have not been good, uh, as in struggling to actually even get a touch of the footy. One week in there was good with his pressure axe and that. Go find form in the seconds for probably one or two weeks, and then I think he'll be back pretty quickly. But if you do own him, now that he does have that, I think it was 45 last week in in the price run, he's not going to make a lot more money. Uh, You could probably trade him out this week pretty comfortably. And can we officially say that Riley O'Brien is the best cash cow for 2019? He will be, yes. He he looks amazing. Uh, with 123 last week, absolutely dominated. Was probably Crow's best on ground. And look, it's gotten to the point where I'd be very surprised. And from all the things I'm hearing in Adelaide at the moment, I'd be actually shocked if Jacobs did come back into the side as long as Riley O'Brien keeps up form anything like what he's doing right now. So we might get more than what we expected from him. He's been crazy good. Not putting up, uh, not just in Supercoach land, but he's been fantastic actually on the AFL field and contributing towards their team. So um, I think if he keeps his spot, uh, even as Jacobs kind of builds his fitness base up, he's just going to keep making stacks more cash. And the fact that only 13% of the competition jumped on him just makes him just a fantastic, uh, you know, cash-generating tool. So that's great. Um, I do want to touch on one thing, just because a few um, coaches may be considering it, JB. Talk to me about Justin Westhoff. There's a lot of chatter this week that he's a must-have. Yeah, so must-have is crazy in my eyes. Although we've brought in uh, three forwards and a defender for seemingly three forward... uh, Sorry. We've brought in three forwards and a defender for one defender, two forwards, and a midfielder. So essentially, (laughs) everyone... everyone, I know, I I said that really weird, but everyone's Is that a baker's dozen? (laughs) It's not... They're not all like for likes, is what I'm trying to say. So everyone's looking at that midfield spot and saying that that's where Westhoff will sort of slot into now for a couple of weeks. But I think Drew gets pretty much 99% of that midfield time as he did in the first couple of rounds. Westhoff will still play forward. Um, He's relying on goals pretty heavily, and he racked up 30 touches from the forward line last week while still playing barely any midfield at all. So I think it's a bit of a flash in the pan his last couple of weeks. People are saying he's returned to form, but his main form is when he's on the wing or in the middle. So he's just not getting those minutes this year. I would not be expecting anything over an 85 average for the rest of the season. And that's the thing, like his season, his career best average was 101, 102 yep, that last, was last year. year 101. Yeah, last year. So, um, and that was with literally the perfect role, which he's not going to have this year. So, yep. you know, maybe we're looking at possibly a 90 at best, which I wouldn't be wasting my money with at this stage, um, it, particularly when our upgrades are supposed to be, you know, the big guns that we're bringing on field. So um, I'm, I'm glad you helped us talk through that. We'll jump into the next one. It's North Melbourne v. The Cats. We've got ins, not many outs, but there's a few um, questionable um, kind of selections here, JB. On the north side of things, we've got LDU, Luke Davis-Uniac, Sam Durden, Curtis Taylor, and Kyron Hayden. 
uh, two new guys, uh, Curtis Taylor and uh, Kyron Hayden, uh, on extended benches as well. So uh, look at social media to see if the uh, the North uh, guys, uh, their, their, their Twitter is usually pretty good at announcing a few days before whether they're going to get a game this week. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, on the cat side of things, we've got Selwood, Darcy Fort, uh, Zach Tui, James Parsons and Charlie Constable in with Zach Guthrie being omitted. Darcy Fort, the big preseason ruck option Looks like uh, he's just probably going to be named on an extended bench along with a number of those. JB, can you explain? I know that everyone's been asking the exact same question all week. Why Charlie Constable is not getting a game right now? Like, it, they obviously have something there they want him to do, whether it's, you know, a player gets omitted because he's not putting pressure on or he's not, uh, you know, staying close to his man, he's not uh, doing playing his role perfectly. What literally could Charlie Constable do any better in his role that we don't know about? Like I've, I've thought about this from a coaching aspect, and I still can't figure out what they want. Well, we know it's not his offensive game because he's been getting disposals and even kicking goals. I think he's going at a goal a game this year, so uh, we can rule that out, which pretty much just leaves the one side of the footy to be desired, and that, and that is potentially his defensive game. Now, I can't say I've studied it too much myself, uh, I haven't really looked into his tackle count so far for the season, but I suppose it's more than that as well. Uh, his running patterns, uh, whether he follows his man on the other way, you know, returning to the opposition goal or not, he's still young. I think they'll play him for probably six or seven more games this year, but it just isn't going to get those consistent games that we thought he would. So uh, would need maybe an injury or, or even two to get into that side consistently, I think. So... Unfortunately for him and for us super coaches, it just doesn't look like this is going to be his big, big year, but he does look like he's going to be a big player. And uh, I think Scott said during the week that, you know, they've got massive, massive aspirations for him. So should yeah. work out in the in the long run. The, the only thing that I can say, I, I have looked at his stats. He's averaging 3.4 tackles. His defensive side of the game um, is one of his strengths. It's something that we've seen in the VFL for a, a while now. I think maybe the only thing is that he tends to kind of turn the ball over a little bit. He's not terribly bad at disposing it. Um, a lot of people... Danger have been, would have been you know, dropped years ago on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly right. Um, Adam Trelaw still seems to get a game somehow, uh, even yeah. though he, he, he couldn't hit a target if he wanted to. Um but I think maybe that's got something to do with it. And also it's team balance, I think, as well. Because we said at the start of the year, in the preseason, would Charlie Constable find his way into the cat side as an inside ball-winning midfielder when they have about 14 other guys that play the same role? So um, I guess that's the, the kind of thing we can think of. They will want to develop him as the year goes on. Um, so if you're someone like me that is kind of keeping him knowing that um, he's got a little bit more cash to make, and you can downgrade other players uh, in the meantime. I'm happy sticking him at, at M10, M11 until he comes back because he's definitely going to get games at some time, and it might even be during the buys when we need as many rookies as we get, JB. So uh, I'm not going to be um, you know, shorting him for a rookie that might come in for two weeks and then not come back again for the rest of the season, but definitely something to think about. Uh, Darcy Fort, no chance of getting a game, JB, you'd say? Yeah, no chance this week, I don't think. Sure. Jump into the Fremantle and Richmond game for us. Hold the phone, mate. we still got a lot to talk about in this one. No, um, no. We don't need to talk about danger. I don't want to think about it. No, we have to. We have <laughs> to talk about Dangerfield. Uh, obviously, a, a lot of talk about him during the week with his medial uh, damage that he's done or 
you know, obviously minimal medial damage that he's done. Uh, something that's obviously restricting him, uh, apparently heavy amount of tape. You might be able to tell better than me right now, but heavy amount of tape on the knee should do the trick and he should be able to play fine on it. But they've got North Melbourne this week who are, as we know, not tracking great this season. There's every chance he's a layout for this one. And I mean, if there was any team in the competition to be pulling a layout, then it's obviously going to be Geelong. They love doing it. So I think you should be factoring that in when you're making your trades and making sure that you've got someone on your bench in your, in your forward line that can cover him at least sufficiently enough compared to others. So I'd be trying to get Bolter out of that spot. And if you're trading out someone like Parker, as we spoke about earlier for you know Corbett, I mean, like I said, unless it's for a pivotal upgrade the week after, if you're just trying to get that quick cash and you're doing it over someone like Collins to Answorth for some reason, then you, you should be thinking twice because I think Dangerfield's a high chance of a layout this week. Yeah, well, this whole Dangerfield situation is kind of like when your boss sends you an email about 20 minutes before you finish work and you're just like, oh, if I just pretend I haven't seen it, then I don't have to deal with it until tomorrow. And I'm kind of like that with Dangerfield right now. I just don't want to have to deal with it because <laughs> I know there's nothing I can do. You know what I mean? I'm not going to trade Danger. I'm not. I'm stuck with whatever rookie I have in the forward line that um, is going to come on field for him. And if he's a laid out, he's a laid out. But the I guess the only thing you need to factor into it is you just don't need to worry about uh, putting your captaincy on him. So um, I, I totally agree with what you say there. If you're only if you're one short on the bench, maybe two short on the bench, and you're thinking about um, doing trades in the forward line, just keep that in mind because you may be forced to trade someone um, that isn't getting a game to uh, you know bring in someone for that coverage. Um, maybe some DPP stuff there, there JB. And the, the only other thing with the the whole Dangerfield situation. Of course, we know that his knee is damaged. What in medical terms, damaged means nothing. Like it's, it's not a descriptive term. Like if we could just get a word, like if it was a sprain or a strain, or you know he had a proper tear of a ligament. Like we know there's damage in there. We saw him hurt himself. Just you know, I just want that one medical word of terminology to go. Ah, it's one week, or it's two weeks, or you know he's definitely going to be a laid out. But um, basically, on all the reports that we have, I just don't have anything to go on. And that's the the upsetting part. And I've got one more thing for you, Chizo, sure. in regards to this Dangerfield situation. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, when I say a lot, it's it's probably not that much, but I've been seeing it in a lot of places is probably the best way to word it. Where are you going with this? Are saying to trade Dangerfield... To Darling. To... <laughs> not to Darling. To someone like Travis Boak that you might have missed, or Tim Kelly, or someone on along those lines. So a guaranteed top six. And I want you to, when you to hear me out completely here and consider the options. Sure. So you could trade Dangerfield out, get Boak in for about I think that'll cost you about sixty k. Tim Kelly yep. will, will earn you about twenty k. Mm-hmm. Uh, guarantee yourself a top six. And then when Dangerfield inevitably drops in price and finally gets his form back, maybe misses a week here or there, uh, you've gained points in the meantime, you've gained money in the meantime, and then Riley O'Brien, by that time, will essentially be a straight swap. So this is if you've got Bynes in the forward line. And then you could literally just, with one trade, go straight back to Dangerfield and, and get him back in the side. So people are predicting his next two or three weeks will be bad enough that you can use it as an upgrade get the points and the money and you know use the trade and then get him back in a few weeks time when he starts leveling back out again what are your thoughts on this just completely subjectively 
Uh, is it a possibility? Would you consider this? Well, I am completely biased in my answer, and I'll explain why. Because I did this specific maneuver with Nat Fife when he got concussed. So my thinking at the time was exactly across these lines. However, I factored into the equation that I thought Fife would come back a little groggy. You know that you know first couple of weeks back from concussion, you're not smashing out 170s like he, he can do. However, yep. he actually he did better than what I thought. Uh, but I was able to pick up Neil, which I've been happy with. And then on the flip side, I was going to wait for him to bottom out and trade Libber to Fife, and so that's how I was going to get him back in. And you've got to remember that Libba's not a keeper. He's a cash cow. That's all he ever was. That's all he'll ever be. Yeah, for sure. Like, he's not going to be in our, our final midfield. Obviously, there was that issue that somehow I traded in Josh Kelly. I don't remember where that happened, but he's there now. <laughs> but that was the plan. And so I can totally understand people that are thinking that with Dangerfield. And if he's going to be parked in the forward line this week, which you can probably... Imagine he will be. He will spend a considerable amount in the forward line. Um, he may not be able to put up the one twenty, one thirty that it will help his price from dropping. So there's absolute. Um, I wouldn't say that it's um, merit. I wouldn't say it's out of the box. People trying to explain that this is oh, it's such a out of the box maneuver. No one's going to think of. People have been doing this for years. It's a very well known, you know, kind of trading situation that you can do because you save yourself money in the long run, but. Um, it, it becomes a point when you've burnt too many trades that if you're trying to do this, if you're already in the teens, which I know some people are, I wouldn't be doing it. If you've got a, uh, you're still in your mid to low 20s, then I'd have absolutely no dramas with doing something like this in terms of how many trades you have left. Okay. So my, my only counter-argument against people doing this or people you know strongly considering it is that if Dangerfield, you know, he's he's playing so... At this point, we have to consider that he's playing, he's fit, he's ready to go. Say he does play 70% up forward, which is obviously a much higher percentage than what we he used to. He can still turn up, can't he? That's the thing. And, and what if he scores, you know, 105 out of nowhere and then another week's rest and, you know, all of a sudden it's 50-50 split and he scores 100 that week, for example. You know, what if he keeps on just try, like get, getting to these 95-plus scores and all of a sudden, you're only making up five points per week, or you know, sometimes going back in points per week, or you know, all of a sudden you've you've used the trade, you've gotten rid of one of your best cash cows as well, and you know, you're getting him back in afterwards. You might only be gaining say 15 points, and that's just not worth the trade. Yeah, no, um, I can agree with that. I think I think the the differentiation between doing the trade and not doing the trade. If he plays, I wouldn't be doing it. If he does, no. if he if he's a laid out. There's then, merit to it. Then, then the trade makes sense. Yeah, but we won't know if he's a lay out until, you know, who who are the forwards left. I mean, I suppose it's definitely it's warranted if you don't have Tim Kelly because if Dangerfield's a laid out and you've got you don't have Tim Kelly, you'll know obviously by that time. But you can't get Boke because he plays on the Saturday and you you won't know by then. And then no. other than that, there's probably no other forwards I really trade for. I guess the only positive you can kind of spin that is that we'll know the final 22 before Boke plays. So if they have just named him and then decided that, um, you know, actually he's not going to get up, uh, yeah. the 99% chance they're going to name him and then go, oh, wait, no, he was never actually going to play. We're bringing Charlie Constable in. Exactly. And, and that Charlie Constable move would also screw a lot of people over, especially those trading him out on like myself. <laughs> anyway, well, it was good to, good discussion. I think it's okay to... 
consider those things. And, and people saying that they're not even going to consider it, they think it's crazy. It's okay to consider these things because that's what the reverse trades button is for. And you know, you can you can have a look at certain things and how they'll play out and what you can sort of gain and profit. You don't have to do them. They might still be crazy, but I think we should be considering all sorts of out-the-box options. It's just important to remember that the reverse trades button doesn't work Saturday morning. It doesn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> Learn from me. Yes, Take definitely. us through Fremantle and Richmond. I think we're up there now. Sure. So Fremantle have no outs at the moment, but Brett Bewley in as well for a second week on that extended bench. Might be more than that, actually. Uh, Cox, Darcy, and Dooman also come in for that extended bench. Richmond have Vlastuin going out and Rioli uh, with an ankle and quad injury, respectively. Now, they've got a long extended bench, obviously, with those two outs. So they've got Asprey, Garthwaite, Arts, Butler, Soldo, and Collier Dawkins. So that's Jake Arts and Riley Collier Dawkins coming in. Uh, Jake Arts from Richmond, uh, VFL from last season, and I think Riley was from Oakley under-18s. I'm going to go with that. Sure. Uh, so we might have a potential couple of people to be looking at as downgrade options in a couple, a few weeks, or yeah, a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so I've heard one of them might be Rioli's replacement, but the other is is not quite ready. So hopefully we see one of them. Okay, Which so talk- rookies have been a godsend this year? Yeah, they actually have uh, not been too bad. I, I did see on Twitter, I think it was Sir Swamp Thing, um, the, the stats whiz that said, uh, Richmond had the second highest amount of uh, games experience on the uh, on the injury list in the last couple of weeks. So they're, they're certainly suffering um, quite a bit through injury. Obviously, Vlostone and Rioli out this week too, um, premiership players. So there is the chance for those to come in. I think uh, the obvious um, in would be David Asprey. I'm just checking to make sure he's named on the bench. He's named at fullback, so someone's going to come in for Dan Rioli. Um you would have to think that Dan Butler, if he's available, would come in for Daniel Rioli? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, apparently, one of these young kids is, is a chance to come in for him. So I think. I wouldn't be surprised. There's probably, yeah, there's probably two or three that could replace Rioli at this point and then fight for their spot in the side. It does also shore up a bit more job security for those who jumped on Shy Bolton last week. Yeah, that's true. And Shy Bolton, uh, Bolton was uh, one of those players that for a couple of seasons there just looked like he would get a go in any forward line in the competition bar Richmond because of their you know their their, their short speedy forwards. So the fact that he's getting a, a go and able to you know prove his skills is uh, fantastic, not just in a, a super coach side of things. Uh, JB Brett Bewley, how long are we going to have to see him on the interchange before he actually comes into our midfield benches? Hopefully not much longer because I think he's going to be one of the better cash cards that we see in the second half of the season. Unfortunately, it might just be in the second half of the season that we see him. So fingers crossed he gets in, and I think as soon as he's in, he'll hold his place for a few weeks. But I think Connor Blakely's only a week away, so uh, that might make things worse for him anyway. Yeah, Connor Blakely's cutting up the VFL. I think he had 30-plus touches, 20 contested possessions, a goal and like 15 tackles. Like it was just insane that the points he's put up in the last two weeks. So he cannot be far away. Waffle, uh, stop being so Victorian, please. Yeah, sorry, man. Uh, but that pretty <laughs> much wraps up wraps up that game. Uh, the Hawthorne and Giants game, lots of ins and outs on either side. Uh, we'll start with the Hawks. Frawley, Scrimshaw, Cousins, Glass, Segler, and Morrison in. Uh, out, uh, Jared Ruffhead and Chad Wingard. It's still weird for me seeing Chad Wingard with the Hawks, but um, that's just 
we'll move on. Uh, on the Giants, we have Phil Davis, uh, Dawson Simpson, Zach Landon, Josh Kelly, Matthew Flynn, Harry Perriman, Lockie Keefe, and everyone else. Uh, on, on the outs, we've got <laughs> Jackson Haitley, Aiden Kaur, and Shane Mumford. It's very, very uh, upsetting to see Shane Mumford in- injured. No one could have predicted that in the preseason. Uh, JB, Jackson Haitley... This is something that, strangely enough, we were kind of praying for because we knew that if we had to choose between, um, say, Answorth and Corbett this week and ha- throw Haitley into the mix, we were probably going to miss out on him because of his job security issues. However, the fact that he's been omitted this week means that we don't really have to make that um, that tough call um, because we're obviously drawn towards his scoring potential um, and his cash generation potential uh, just basically because he is one of those you know star high draft pick inside midfielders yeah and it, it, this just shows his job security is awful so uh, Adam Kennedy didn't even go out in this one and uh, Lockie Whitfield didn't uh, sorry Adam Kennedy yeah Adam Kennedy didn't no Adam Kennedy stayed in that's a non-factor I don't even know why I brought that up for some reason I, I'd already ruled him out because he had that concussion last week and someone said that he was out for two weeks so in my mind I had him out but anyway Lockie Whitfield didn't even go out in this one uh, come back in and then far out dude, dude. <laughs> I can't talk right now. Lucky Whitfield bad, didn't even come bad. back in, and Hately went out. So I think it's uh, it's safe to say that Hately was directly tied in with Josh Kelly's absence, and that he probably won't get another game until we see another big injury to a midfielder. So I think he's first in line in the Nefel there, but uh, is just not best twenty-two at the moment, even though he's playing out of his skin for a young fella. Yeah, and that's true that you were saying that um, Haitley and Kelly are kind of linked. If uh, if it's anything to go by, we don't have Haitley on the extended interchange, which means Josh Kelly shouldn't be a laid out, right? Can we can we read into that? Can we cross our fingers that I don't have to double down with my donation to the Cancer Council? I'm fairly confident for you, Chizo. <laughs> yes. Um, Scrimshaw didn't have a uh, um, too much of a, a timeout. He is named on uh, the interchange. He hasn't been playing bad, JB, so I was a bit disappointed to see him out um, uh, in recent weeks. So hopefully he does come back in. Although there's no, obviously, uh, no named outs at the stage that he's kind of a like-for-like for for with uh, Roughhead and and Chad Wingard both being forwards. Yeah, so he was confirmed to just be managed that week that he did go out. And I think Clarko said he'd come straight back in. So I'm interested to see exactly what does happen with their selection. Looks like Roughhead's obviously definitely been omitted. Wingard with the hamstring, maybe they'll just take out one more, one or two more defenders because they've got Frawley uh, waiting in the wings there as well. And even Cousins was in decent form before that suspension. So yeah, I think there's, there might still be a bit of action on that Hawthorne side of things, actually. We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Uh, and James Sicily just sneakily going under the radar as a good premium option to uh, look to upgrade in coming weeks. JB, that pretty much wraps up the teams. Uh, we didn't really think there was much to talk about, but as always, I drag on a little bit. We'll jump into <laughs> the uh, captaincy options, mate. Lahug back with us again for round eight with some VC and captaincy options. Uh, he's got his uh, top three VCs in Brody Grundy, Bontepelli, and Paddy Cripps. Uh, or would you go with someone else, JB? Who are you liking as the VCs this week? Uh, so I've got it on Grundy or Max Gorn. So uh, before Cruiser came in, I was very confident with Grundy. Um, now that Cruiser's in, maybe Grundy gets five less points and, and Gorn outscores him. There's not a lot of logic there, but Gorn against Gold Coast looks pretty good. Yeah, and obviously you talked about it. You alluded to it earlier in the podcast. The Grundy Gorn VC and captaincy option is available, but you've got about 30 seconds in between games to uh, make the switch if you're not happy with Grundy's score. 
yep, you've got to be on it. And worst case scenario, for those who have Nat Fife, which isn't Chizo anymore, uh, he looks like a very, very good fullback option if you do miss the boat on, on one of those two guys. Yeah. Interestingly, Jack McRae, not named um, in the top three of VCs by Lahug. He's got a fantastic track record against the Gold Coast, um, but he's just not been playing... Um, you know, kind of to the level that we saw last year. It's not that he's been playing bad, um, but it, he just doesn't seem to be in the right areas at the right time to kind of rack that ball up. Well, he's definitely not going to be in the right area if he's up against the Gold Coast, Chizo, because they've got Brisbane this week. Yes. Um, <laughs> hey, I'm... I always get potted when I make these mistakes, so I've got to, got to bring down the hammer as well. But yes, Brisbane at Mars Stadium. Uh, he's just had a couple of off weeks, McRae, so maybe that was factored in uh, too highly even. I think he could get off off the chain as well. And you know, so could Lockie Neal against Bulldogs, who conversely um, don't exactly leak points. But uh, yeah, I think they'll be, it'll be a free-flowing game, that one. Yeah, sure. Uh, on the captaincy side of things, we do have a few to pick from. Lahug going with Fife, Gorn, and Boak. Interestingly, he's put Gorn in the uh, the top captaincy options. And uh, nice to see Travis Boak in there in the showdown with the captaincy on uh, for Port Adelaide. JB, what do you think of that? I think he'll definitely get a run with. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure he'll go the big 120-plus this week. Uh, maybe looking at around a, a low ton, uh, same as last week, or same as, I mean, obviously he won't get a run with like Hutchings, but scored 95 against him as well. Um, yeah, maybe maybe if Port do get up, he'll go big, but I'm, I'm more confident Adelaide will win this one. So maybe, yeah, I don't want to go against Lahug because his track record is obviously impeccable, but maybe <laughs> maybe don't go with Boki as your captain. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think I'll be uh, going in with a Grundy uh, VC, and then we'll uh, we'll progress from there. Um, interestingly, uh, Cripps is probably a very good choice as well. The fact that um, the Collingwood midfield is slightly depleted with Adams and Beams out. He uh, uh, scared us a little bit last week uh, with his slow start, but uh, you know he came back strong like he can, and uh, it has the potential to put up another fantastic score this week. Yeah, Cripps is never a bad option against any opposition, I don't think, this year. So, uh, yeah, if you want that safety of 120, between anywhere between pretty much 115 and 140, and he's definitely going to fall in that range pretty much every game except the games that he goes higher. All right. Love it. JB, uh, any last words, mate? Anything you, you think we need to touch on that we may have glanced over? Maybe just some potential trades that might, uh, trade scenarios that might help out some of the community? What are you doing with your team this week? Uh, so I'm going one up, one down. I think a lot of people are pushing the double downgrade, but with no Haley this week, I'm not sure it's exactly pivotal. Um, people also saying as there's not a lot of rookies on the bubble next week. In fact, there's I think there's just the one or two, and neither of them look like great options. Um, we might be underrating the fact that if Corbett goes sort of mid-ranges this week, then we could bite the bullet and take a, a extra 20k priced Corbett. Uh, as a downgrade option, so it's not all too dull. Or we could jump early on someone who dominates this week, which obviously isn't uh, isn't advised. But look, if if it comes down to it, desperate times call for desperate measures. Uh, so I'm going one up, one down. Uh, Constable is out for me, even though he's uh, surviving your team, and I'm getting in uh, Answorth, who's yeah, locked and loaded. So um, I also wanted to mention we didn't really talk a lot about Whitfield. Uh, he was. All week, he was sort of said that to be likely to return. So if you do have him, I'd be supremely confident that he plays next week. But in the same vein, this is exactly what 
GWS tend to do. Uh, if it was anything worse than a Corky, I'd be saying two weeks out when it was only supposed to be one is panic stations, but surely with a Corky, he'd just come straight back in next week. Well, that's the thing. I've learnt over the last couple of years just not to listen to any of the media that comes from GWS because they just blatantly, they blatantly just make stuff up. Like, oh, yeah, he'll be back within, you know, in the short turnaround of five days. We'll make sure he's back. Neck minute, he's out for six weeks. Yep. And, like, every week it's the same story. So um, I just, as a rule, don't read or listen to any of the GWS uh, media surrounding their players. I just kind of... Uh, I wait for team list and then decide from there. So the the fact that it was a corky, um, and I remember at the time it, it was a very very bad corky. So I'm not surprised that he did miss a couple, but I shouldn't miss. I shouldn't expect him to miss a third. If there's, if he does miss a third, they've been spinning stories to us because it's not a corky. Yeah, I think you. Yeah, you're exactly right. And just lastly, I've got a question for you, Chizo. Sure. Uh, Riley O'Brien, 23 years of age, averaging around the 90 mark. Uh, what would you say for a keeper league acquisition? Not bad, or? Let me guess. You have him. <laughs> yeah, I picked him up this week. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, mate. I've got Tim English. There's nothing I can do. Tim English is guaranteed to be better than Riley O'Brien long term. Ooh. I mean, let's compare averages this year and go from there. I said long term. <laughs> All right, I'll pay you that one. Uh, so, yeah, that pretty much wraps us up, Chizo. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, great having great. you back, mate. Yeah, mate, it, it's been fantastic to have a, to have on. It was a, a good Bucks weekend, but um, it's good to get back into some super coach and uh, with a level head. Yeah, definitely with a level. You finally let that blood alcohol reading go down from Sunday all the way through to today. It did take that amount of time. So the recovery was a long one, but finally we're here. I've been sleeping 10-hour days for the last three days. And I'm only just starting to feel good. Mate, uh, why don't you tell the lovely community and the lovely listeners where they can find us during the week? Sure, I'll quickly plug the socials so you can find myself at JB underscore DRSC. Chizo, the lovely man, at Chizo underscore DRSC. And then Pistol, I wouldn't really bother going near that one. That's Pistol underscore DRSC. <laughs> uh, and then obviously we've got the main account, Dr. underscore SC, with all the live scores popping up uh, each quarter. So uh, there's four good accounts that they should definitely follow, Chizo. Yeah, mate. Um, definitely uh, throw Cheezo some love because he's uh, the lowest amount of followers out of every single one of those. The, Rightly so. Uh, everyone knows that the Twitter followers is the way that people uh, rank their appreciation or their love for <laughs> Oh, don't them. pull so, the heartstrings. Come on. So, uh, you know, if, <laughs> if you do love your boy Cheezo, chuck us a follow because these guys are above 700. I'm not even halfway there yet. That's a lie, but we'll no, move man, on. I'm like I'm like 50 behind. But that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do appreciate the content, uh, feel free to uh, to check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Dr. Supercoach. You can uh, get in on some behind-the-scenes action and uh, get in on the Slack. We're nearly at 100, so um, we might do something for when our uh, our 100th per, uh, person signs up, JB. We might do a giveaway of uh, one of our some of our merch or something like that, something extra just because we can. Agreed. Yeah, like it. JB. Love hearing your voice again. It's been far too long. Great to talk to Supercoach with you. And after all that, uh, you know, panic and carnage that we thought we were going to have, the teams weren't all that bad. So uh, good luck in round eight, community, and we'll talk to you again soon.